0: Hi there. Welcome to episode 40 of The Playground Project with me, your host, Tanya Pomerantz. I'm so delighted you are hanging out on the playground with my fabulous mystery guest and me. Before we jump into the career chat, I wanted to invite you to join me on Instagram by following me at PuddleJumpCoaching001. And in the doghouse today... We have a very special organization, the Battersea Dogs and Cats Home in London, England. We're focusing on Battersea because it is in honor of our wonderful guest, who is also from across the pond. Battersea has been there for every dog and cat since 1860, and their aim is to never turn away a dog or cat in need of their help. They give each one lots of love and expert care and get to know their characters and quirks so that they can find them a new home that's just right for them. All the knowledge they gather in their center helps them improve the lives of the animals they will never meet. Through their work with other rescue organizations and charities, they also help people make informed choices when getting a pet, they provide training and welfare advice, and they campaign for changes in laws when they see dogs and cats or their owners deserve better. They want to be there for every dog and cat, where they are, for as long as they are needed. There are lots of beautiful dogs available for adoption, but I would like to focus on George, as he is a black dog, and they are often ignored as they suffer from black dog syndrome. So here's George. Here's his little write-up. Meet George, a bouncy, energetic, fun-loving, playful, and intelligent dog. George can overflow with fun and exuberance, but can find new people overwhelming and a little worrying. He is looking for experienced new owners who ideally can read when he is worried. George can be vocal when meeting new people, and he will benefit from a quiet household without too many visitors. Due to his worried side, he will also need a private garden which he can utilize to build a bond with new owners. George loves his toys and will chase and retrieve them. He also loves to play search games, looking for treats. He could potentially live with another dog that will match his energy levels and enjoy a game with George. If he is not living with dogs, he would benefit from regular socialization with dogs on and about on walks. George is a loyal dog and will make a great companion for those willing to put in the training and dedicate their time to him. And full disclosure, for the first and only time during this podcast interview, I forgot to press record. My amazing mystery guest, Jane Woods, is an executive coach for head teachers and school leaders in London We've never met, and she so very graciously redid the interview, and this time, I made 100% sure I pressed record. And here she is, the lovely Jane Woods. Welcome, Jane Woods. I am absolutely delighted to have you on the playground with, with me, with us today, And this is especially special because Jane and I have never met. And in fact, she's in London in the UK. And uh, we were introduced over LinkedIn through a woman named Mildred. So thanks. Shout out to Mildred. As you know, I like to give context. So Jane is an executive coach for head teachers and senior school leaders, helping you become the best school leader you can be without sacrificing or losing yourself in the process and she has 20 plus years of school leadership experience jane thanks for being on the playground today
1: you're very welcome it's great to be here the
0: listener knows that i always start by asking my guests where they grew up and what was the school system like where you grew up
1: i went to school in the uk in england and my school was pretty much like every other child here in the UK. So it started at three years old, going to nursery. And then by the time I was four years old, going to primary school until I was 11. Then at 11 to 16, I went to secondary school and 16 plus, I then went on to do my A levels. And then eventually I went on to university where I did my degree ready for my career that I'm in now.
0: Okay. So did you know? The, what you were going to do in university?
1: So no, not at the time I didn't. My journey has been a bit of a windy road, if that makes sense, because when I was in school, I thought I knew what I was going to do career-wise. I thought I knew what I wanted to be and I was all headset on being a nurse and going into midwifery. And all of a sudden before I, it was whilst I was doing my A-levels actually, I had a rethink and thought about actually, is this really the road I want to take? Um, Is this really the career I want to do? And a real stop, self-check, as in, what's my skills? What am I good at doing? Um, And how can this lend to a different career? Which then took me down the lines of, well, I know I'd like to be a teacher. And that's then when I made the decision about university and what the course I would do and the training I would need. So yeah.
0: So you said you had a, a bit of a, a rethink. Was there um, a moment, a, an incident or something that made you kind of take a pause?
1: Yeah. So you can imagine as a 15, 16 year old, and um, it's a big decision, isn't it? Thinking about your future when there's so much of the future ahead, it feels like there's so much responsibility to choose a career and to choose a path. Mm-hmm. And at that time, as I say, I wanted to be a nurse. I knew or I thought I wanted to go into midwifery. And um, I had mum, there's 12 years difference between me and my sister. So I grew up looking after my little sister and um, lots of responsibility there. So I knew I was good with babies. So I suppose mm-hmm. that's where some of the initial thinking came. And at the age of 16, I went and worked to get some work experience. I went and worked in um, a nursing home. And I remember I used to be fascinated. I used to watch the nurses and I used to love some of the medical procedures that they used to do. And, you know, when they were administrating their medication or they were dressing wounds or, you know, doing other serious stuff, I was absolutely engrossed in what they were doing. But of course, as a care assistant working part time at weekends, school holidays, under the ripe old age of 16, doing some of the things that I had to do within that role, um, you know, thinking about the intimate care of patients and, you know, some of the other things that you would have to do within that caring role. If I'm being really honest, it made me have a rethink, it put me off a little bit. So that's when I started to think, okay, maybe this isn't the route for me. Because of course, within a job, you know, you see on the TV, all these medical programs and casualty and A&E programs etc it's always exciting isn't it but I suppose doing the care assisting role it gave me another side another way of looking at things so it was at that point that I thought well maybe this isn't the career for me and it got me to thinking then well okay well what are the skills I've got what are my strengths and you know what am I going to do and that's when I started thinking well I know I'm good with children I enjoy being around children. Children seem to have a positive response when they're around me. Um, I'm good with people. I care for people. Um, you know, I want to help people. So that's when then I started to think about, well, okay, how about a career in education? Why not become a teacher? And it was at that point whilst doing A-levels that I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to be a teacher. And then that guided me then into thinking, okay, well, what qualifications at degree level do I need or what course or what training would I need to do? And and that's then when um, I went down the road of obviously having that qualification teaching. And so when
0: it comes to teaching in the UK, do you choose a particular age group of children that you're interested in teaching?
1: So when you sign up for teacher training, and and I'm talking from my own experience, it may have changed ever so slightly now because, of course, I've been a teacher for many, many years. But when I went into teacher training, at that particular time, you didn't have to specialize initially or straight away. It was only as you started coming up to thinking about teaching practices that you then gave your preference. So it could be with the early years children, so children who are um, you know, three, four years old. Or it could be key stage one, so you're looking at five to seven, six, seven-year-olds. Or key stage two, which is seven-year-olds up to all the way to being 11-year-olds. And for me, at that point, it was a case of, okay, which which year group do I think I'm better suited to? And yeah, and at that point, I thought, for me, I think I'm going to start off with key stage two. That doesn't limit you. I know that in teacher training now, I think that teachers have the opportunity to experience both key stages. So they they get a taste of the old working with the older children. They get a taste of working with the younger children. I suppose will help them make decisions around what year group do I find myself suited working to the best. So yeah, that's the way it works in the UK. And you know here
0: I I know that there's been at different times. Sometimes teachers graduate and they can find a job really quickly. Other times it can be a longer time waiting. How was it for you? Was it a a long time or was it a short time to find that position?
1: I, I was really lucky. So in the UK, teaching vacancies start appearing, I would say, mostly from January onwards, because of course, the academic year starts from September. So most schools start recruiting around about January time, you start seeing an influx of adverts. So whilst I was still at university, my final year, I'd already started looking for jobs. And started applying and started going out to interviews before I graduated. And so my very first teaching position I secured before I would completely qualified or finished my qualification and graduated, uh, which gave me a great sense of security. I knew that I was set up and I was ready for September. It really helped me doesn't happen like that for everybody, I don't think. But I think that in the UK, it definitely helps the fact that schools start looking to recruit from January onwards. It gives you a bigger window to find something. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And are there opportunities? Like here, you
0: can be a teacher, then you can be a vice principal, and then a principal. How does kind of the the road to advancement look in the UK?
1: Listen, in in teaching it's very different for everybody. Some teachers are happy and they just want to carry on teaching throughout their career. They like being in the classroom, they like having that daily contact with the children. For some that's enough, that's all they want to do. And of course there are some people who are more ambitious and you know want to seek out leadership positions etc. So there's a pathway for everybody if that makes sense. So it might be in the early stages Someone says, okay, I'd like to take on more responsibility. And that could be through subject leadership to more senior positions of assistant head teachers or principals to vice principals, and deputy head teachers, and then finally, head teachers. So there are opportunities if you want them. And of course, and if you're trained as well and you have built up the experience and show that you know you have certain qualities yourself, there are opportunities. But it's like anything else, it comes with experience as well. You wouldn't want to throw a newly qualified teacher into a deputy headship role without the relevant experience or the relevant training or the relevant mentoring, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking of you in your long career. If you were speaking to a younger teacher, you know, that would like to have more responsibility, what advice would you give that younger teacher about kind of knowing themselves and being authentic, moving throughout their career.
1: Yeah, I think you just mentioned the word authentic there. And that is is definitely a big piece of advice that I would give to anybody that you know, in leadership, and as you advance in your career, you have to be authentic. If you're not, people will see right through you. You know, being authentic as a leader is perhaps one of the most important qualities that you can have because You've got to be able to convince people and get people on board with you. And by being authentic, by being your uh, real self, you get people on board. You know, there's a realness to what you do. Um, So, yeah, that's exactly what I would say. Within any role, be yourself, be authentic in your leadership. Bring people along with you. Don't drag people, don't demand things from people, but bring people along with you, you know, build up relationships with people, be a leader in that sense. That's what a great leader is about. It's about bringing people on board with you, not dictating, and not making people feel fear. But, you know, by being your true, authentic self, knowing your values, knowing what's important, and you're leading from the front and bringing people on board with you to new ideas or new ways of working, you know, listen to the staff that you're working with and do what you think is right do what you think is right within the context of your school or whatever it is that you're doing. You know, that's really important.
0: I I love this because you're absolutely speaking my language, living by your values and and living an authentic life, because I think that too is the ripple effect. So I'm going to give you an example. So I, I have this incredible job that I get to facilitate workshops for visible minority women here in Ottawa. And it's, just the most amazing experience and somebody made a comment about my positive energy and my positive vibes and here's what it is it's because these women are so inspiring and so motivating i absorb all of that that energy that they give me and i process it and i just you know do whatever i need to do and it comes out in me again with authenticity and genuineness yeah. i don't know if that's the word but and that's that's so important and as a leader i think and a leader of other teachers i i think that that's an incredibly important and astute insight and demonstrates a lot of emotional intelligence so on behalf of your teachers and uh-huh. the students jane thank you for demonstrating that And if you were speaking to young Jane, maybe the 11-year-old who was just kind of thinking about midwifery and nursing, what advice would you give her?
1: I would say, in honesty, don't worry. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give. You know, there's there's a pressure on young children to make big decisions about their future and their life and what path they're going down and what qualifications they need and what happens if they don't get those qualifications to get to university or they don't meet the grade at high school to go on to do what they're doing. Don't worry. The reason I say that is because, you know, if you think about your the essence of what you're doing and talking about pivoting. Life is full of pivots. You know, there isn't always one direct path and that path may change. So yeah, you may have an idea in your head of, you know, I want to do this and I want to sit out and that's great. It's great to have high aspirations. It's great to have ambition. But I suppose to my younger self, we used to stress and worry about, you know, example the what if, what if I don't this and what if this happens and what if that. Don't worry. There is always a path. There's always a plan B there is always something else. You might not know what that looks like. It might be completely far removed from what you thought you were going to be doing, but there is always a path. So just don't stress, you know, just don't get hooked up into thinking that what you're doing now is the be all and end all because life changes, you know, and there is always a different pathway for you. That's what I would say.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: Do you knit? Do I knit? Well, I know how to knit. I don't actively knit, but I know how to do it badly. But I must say, <laughs>
0: well, then we're very alike because that's that's what I do as well. I'm not an active knitter, but I can do it. And I liken life to a messy ball of yarn. And a lot of people in society think that life is like a, a ruler, right? That it's linear, uh-huh. but it is. And we're going from here to there and back again many, many times. I think life is a journey towards feeling comfortable with your messy ball of yarn.
1: Yeah. And, and things change. You know, I think with age, your, your needs change and, you know, your priorities change in life. Um, when you start having a children and, you know, your own families or just as you get older, you know, your pace sometimes changes or you, what you want or what you want to achieve changes. You know, yes, I'm a head teacher now, but I'm also a coach. And I also, you know, I do that and I support other people. And for me, eventually, the, the, the point will come where I'm no longer a head teacher. So I've already started thinking about, well, what's the next step for me and what's it going to look like? And, you know, what am I going to do? So I'm making positive steps in terms of, well, now I'm going into coaching. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready for the big jump yet because I love my job too much Mm. in terms of headship. But that's what I'm saying. Life changes. What you want can change. And that's okay. It's not something you need to fear or worry because there's always something else, and life changes, and you know new opportunities arise, and you've just got to embrace it, not fear it. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: I absolutely agree, and so the the pivoting continues. Then for you,
1: absolutely, and probably will until well until I'm an old granny at some point, probably because I know me, and that's the joy of it. I'm seeing. I
0: have all these quotes, and and quotes are an important thing around here. I see the best way to predict your future is to create it, Mm. which I really love. And then another one is never give up. There is no such thing as an ending, just a new beginning. Absolutely. Now, speaking
1: of quotes, do you have one or two favorite quotes that you would like to, to share with the listener? So I have one that I have always said and if you have ever worked with me or you've ever been a pupil at my school, you will know this because I just say it all the time and that is a very simple one is, you know, always treat others the way you want to be treated yourself and that's been instilled in me since being a child and I think it's so important, especially in the world that we're living in now, you know, being kind and just taking the time to be respectful and to treat people the way you yourself want them to treat you, it's so, so important. So that's that would I say is my first quote. I um, have a second quote, which I came across more recently, actually, and it's something that really resonates and it really stopped me in my tracks and made me think. And that is, and, and, and it links to pivoting, actually, and thinking about myself in terms of my career pathway and how I may be taking changes um, within my roles. But the quote is, work to live. Not live to work mm. We can keep going a million miles an hour, and we you know we feel we have to go to work to live. That's the story that we give, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. maybe of our children even. But actually, no.: I like it. And Jane, I can't
0: thank you enough for spending such time with with me with us on the playground today. It's been a complete delight. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you, Tonya.
0: I owe you, Jane. Take good care.
1: Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.
0: A huge thanks to my fabulous guest, Jane Woods, for sharing her career not just once, but twice with me on the Playground Project today. Her career chat made me think of the saying when man makes a plan, God laughs. Or one may want to say, the universe laughs jane had it in her mind that she was going to be a nurse specializing in midwifery but during her adolescence she discovered there were some things about being a nurse that did not sit well with her so she took a pause and really explored what she had a natural affinity for children she thought about this as a possible career focus and she made well-informed decisions that would continue to move her closer to her goal Of becoming a teacher. She spoke about the importance of demonstrating strong emotional intelligence in positions of leadership, and she shared a message that drives her work to live, don't live to work. She believes in a healthy work life balance, as well as the need to treat others as we would like to be treated. The listener may recognize this is the same golden rule that my colleague Rocky explained was important to him. What I love about the Playground Project is that we are all here on the Playground together. It does not matter where we are, or where we started, or anything else. I wanted to create this podcast to inform, to showcase, and to inspire. I also want to share humanity's connections with each other. And I love seeing that people from all over the world share so many things in common. Like humanity. Jane's next stop in her career journey is coaching. She experienced the value of coaching as an effective tool for leaders within the school system and is eager to see more institutions embrace the impact of coaching. Like she designed her teaching career, she is continuing to make well-informed decisions that will help her as she moves towards a full-time coaching role. Thank you so much, Jane. I totally owe you one, or rather, two. Thank you for your generosity and your thoughtfulness. Please join me on the playground again next week, and I promise I will press record for my next fabulous mystery guest and another insightful career chat. If we are not yet connected on Instagram, please follow me at puddlejumpcoaching001. Please remember to check out the beautiful animals at Battersea Dogs and Cats Home in London. The website is in the show notes, And those wonderful souls are looking for a forever home. Until next week, please be good to yourself, to others, to the animals, and the world. Looking forward to the next episode, when we will jump into the future together.